Farm Credit Canada's latest trade report says one of Canada's greatest opportunities for growth in global trade is in the food and beverage processing industry. With details, here's Chief Agricultural Economist J.P. Gervais. When we look at trade performance, right, trade rankings, we look at where Canada stands in the world, but we quickly uh, realized after we uh, got done with the first few reports that, you know what, those rankings don't change much year to year. So you better have a little bit of a different story as well to uh, to, to bring a little bit of value to the discussion in the industry. And so every year we focus on what one feature of, of trade in ag or food or both. Last year we looked at diversification opportunities for commodities. So we looked at cow hogs, grains, oil seeds. This year we're focusing on food. So this report, you know, I, I do think it emphasizes diversification, but uh, you'll, I think you'll understand why in just a few minutes why I also want to focus on growth. I think it's both. I mean, you can't really untie these two things. I mean, it's both growth and as well diversification. We, as an industry, I mean, we have quite ambitious targets when it comes to exports. Right? The federal government put a $75 billion target by 2025. The industry was even a little bit more bold and ambitious, uh, aiming for $85 billion. But no matter what, right, the story is about growth and diversification in the process of growing your exports. Uh, you know, growth, there's a number of different things that will trigger the growth. Obviously, the, our competitive advantages, our, our abundance of natural resources, our stellar reputation when it comes to food safety, our focus on quality, the, the innovation that we have in the industry, how productive we've been for a long time. All of these things really have an impact on our ability to grow are exports. But when you're growing, the question is, you know, where is that growth going to be coming from? And so we're focusing on food. We're going to be, in the report, we focus on five different sectors because we have to, to uh, sort of look at these sectors one by one, not to, because all of these are, are, are driven by, these sectors are driven by different sets of conditions, market dynamics, and so forth. So we look at uh, prepared, processed beef, prepared and processed Pork, prepared crab, or uh, prepared crab, canola oil, and potato products. Uh, we also looked at bakery. If you're interested, uh, we looked at, but it's not in the report. But we looked at a number of other sectors as well. Um, what we did is, you know, to understand where growth can be coming from. We looked at three things. One is the size of the import markets that we have in front of us. And the idea is that the larger the market is, the easier it be, presumably to get your products in, right? So size of the market is one. Second is the growth in that market. So if an import market is growing faster, the idea is that it should be easier to get in, right? Because if the market's not growing and you want to sell more in that market, well, you have to steal market share away from somebody else, uh, from another competitor, another exporter. So if there's growth in that market, well, it'll be easier because you got new buyers, you got existing buyers buying more, so they're looking for sourcing products from different places, perhaps, not the you know, usual, the, you know, established exporters necessarily. So there's more opportunity to get, for you to get a foot in the door and, and get in. That was J.P. Gervais, Farm Credit Canada's Chief Agricultural Economist. FCC's Manager of Industry Relations was one of the presenters during last week's virtual Farm Forum event. Marty Seymour's presentation focused on what COVID-19 taught him about Canadian agriculture. 
Glenda Lee Allen Vosser was one of the virtual attendees and says he focused on three main areas, labor, industry coming together, and changing habits. Today we focus in on his discussion around labor. I guess when COVID hit, we got into this labor conversation about vegetables. And I'm a Western Canadian kid, cows and canola from Saskatchewan, and I quickly realized that I didn't appreciate what was going on in the horticulture industry. That's the onions, the um, asparagus, all the row crops we'd see north of Toronto, other parts of southern Ontario, Quebec, BC, where we rely on temporary foreign workers. And we had a problem because these workers come from Jamaica, Mexico, Guatemala. We need about 80,000 a year and they couldn't get to Canada because there's no flights happening. So the industry gathered together and said, all right, government, we need your help to find some ways to get people into Canada so that we could pick these crops and get them in, get them in the bin. So we got that, in, that kind of solved and addressed as an industry through the summer, not without some, some painstaking effort by industry. But at the same time, we're having a conversation about our packing plants and our processing industry. So the first plants to go down were in Quebec, and we realized sort of how integrated the hog industry was because now we had a backup of 100,000 hogs in a couple weeks. That's how many pigs were destined for slaughter that didn't have a home yet. In the West, you know, Cargill was big in the news in terms of what happened at their plant with people getting sick, and JBS was impacted. And we realized we had a consolidation of the packing industry into a few players in the beef, beef industry. But the real learning I had wasn't about how the industry was structured, but how labor works in Canadian agriculture. In the processing industry, and this came, really, came to light for me when I started to hear about the, about the U.S. situation. So first and foremost, people were sick and couldn't come to work. That's, that's a real problem. But there was another thing happening where there was people that were afraid to come to work. This idea that if I came to work, what if I got infected and got sick? And in those early days of COVID, there was so much uncertainty that nobody really knew. But the real thing that brought the industry to a standstill was the lack of daycare in schools. And whilst I thought we were worried about people getting sick coming in packing plants, there was a systemic issue in terms of how our homes were structured where if people couldn't find daycare, they actually couldn't get to work. And so the, the labor part of our industry is more complex than just uh, people showing up where they're from. It's this integration of what's going on as far as how we process food in this country. And I think it opens the door for a conversation about a national automation strategy. Not automation to put people out of work, but automation that we can use in food processing that starts to manage risk. The risk that if people couldn't come to work. Uh, risk in terms of uh, productivity, those kinds of things. But do it through the lens of automation and tech adoption. He cited the Canadian Federation of Agriculture's partnership with the cattle industry and pork industry in getting support for PPEs, getting farmers eligible for SEBA, and getting support for producers hiring temporary foreign workers. Marty Seymour is Farm Credit Canada's Manager of Industry Relations. He took part in last week's virtual Farm Forum event. For Golden Last, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email. Farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.